Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I'm very happy to have you all here with us. It is getting rather chilly here in Las Vegas, which is a very welcome thing after a blistering hot summer, and just hoping that uh, it stays this way for at least a while. We typically have another heat wave before uh, the winter, so I'm just going to enjoy it while it's here. Uh, Today's guest is very special to me. Her name is Chelsea Clare. She is an actress. She's a singer. uh, She's been in a couple of different punk bands. And she's doing something really, really positive these days that I'm very happy to see. So I wanted to get her on the show and let you guys know what she's up to. Uh, But before we get into the show, I want to give a huge shout out to my brother, Michael, who is my web designer. And he has just done such a fantastic job redesigning my website from the nightmare that I had created when I was trying to do it myself. <laughs> I'm not a, a you know a necessarily a visually creative person, so uh, I did everything in just very linear you know drop down menus and all that. And he's turned it into something absolutely wonderful and user friendly. He has added the podcast to the website, and uh, so if you go to uh, www.scotthaskin.com and you look at the very top, there's a row with major links that go to the various bits of things that I do, and on the right side is the podcast. You can click on that, and that takes you to the podcast page where you can play the podcast, you can subscribe, you can donate, uh, anything that you want to do there. Also, we'll show you uh, the the newest episodes, which is really cool. Um the uh, My friends out there who are non-Apple users, I've heard from a few people about the podcast only being on iTunes. Uh, that's something I'm working on. I'm really new to this side of the podcast thing prior to being the host and doing all of that stuff. I was the editor of a podcast, actually the editor of two podcasts. So uh, being on this side of the fence is a little bit different for me. So it's something that is going to continue to grow. Uh, if you are on an Android device and would like to listen to the podcast, you can do that through the website. Uh, So if you know someone who is not an Apple person and not listening to this because they're not an Apple person, please share that information with them. So without further ado, today's guest, uh, Chelsea, is uh, with us and let's hear what she has to say. All right, and let's welcome to the show Chelsea Claire. Chelsea, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How's the uh, how's the new band coming along? It's pretty good. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's I get to do a lot of cool and interesting things with my vocals that I didn't in the last band. I did a lot more screaming, yelling, and you know, venting in that way. But um, it was a lot more of my own uh, lamentings. You know, just uh, writing a lot of things about myself that were a little bit more Mm self-deprecating. But now I'm writing a little bit more of, uh, you know, positive, um, empowering spin on things because I want people to remember the words and I want them to take something away from that that's going to, like, improve their life instead of, like, you know, beating themselves up, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what I was doing before. So... I don't know. I think that's really important and especially being... um, you know, um, uh, an obviously female, <laughs> I mean, I look like a girl, but, uh, you know, that's not how I feel most of the time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's important for 
you to come off as empowering instead of, you know, beating yourself up about things that you make mistakes about. I think if you make a mistake, the best thing you could do is just like recognize that you're making a mistake and then, you know, like pump yourself up from there and just be like, you know, like I have to pick myself up from here. Like I'm going to move forward and, you know, kind of like turn over a new leaf. So instead of like, you know, just kind of like living in the negative, you have to just kind of, I don't know, just like love yourself that you got this far and understand that you're going to make mistakes and what can you do to like change it, you know? So all the new songs are definitely, even if it's something about, you know, something a little bit more raunchy, like we, a few of our songs are, um, it's it's from a, an empowering standpoint instead of like, oh, I made a mistake, I, I did this wrong, I, I'm beating myself up. It's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do because this is me and that's okay. And it's okay to, you know, make choices that you want to make as long as it doesn't hurt anybody kind of thing. I think that's a great and... and uh it's really good to have, especially in, in sort of more of a punk style, to have that because most punk lyrics, that at least that I'm familiar with, are more along the lines of the kind of things that you used to write. And I think it is good to have some good positive role models. So I'm really excited that you're doing that. Um, Thank you. Are, yeah. Are, are you still singing with a hard edge, though? Or are you kind of dialing that back a little bit to let the lyrics cut through? Uh, it's exactly what I'm doing. It's definitely like I've had that I've heard a couple of our tracks that are out, you know, just as, like, really just, like, examples of the sound because our first show is coming up on October 19th. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want people to, like, you know, I didn't want to send out an event to a show without people having an idea of what they were coming to see, even though the other bands people may, you know, know really well. I'm, you know, I set up the event and I invited the bands because I have played with those bands previously in my last band, General Anxiety. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I wanted to put something out there that was just like for people to get a taste of what we are cooking up. And I definitely have made a lot of uh, choices this time around to not like, you know, just entirely yell and scream and, <laughs> you know, vent in that way. Like, uh, I take, you know, some cues and tips as a voice actor, which I've done for the past several years, you know, I've done commercials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just being able to have like some dynamics in, in your vocals, like just being able to express in different ways. And uh, recording is a lot different than a live performance for me. I mean, I just kind of, as an actor, you know, I enjoy, you know, Stanislavski, you know, method acting, but I also enjoy improv, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, just kind of making a choice in the moment, and that's kind of what I do. So recording is a little bit different. I mean, the songs we have up aren't like, you know, serious recordings. Like I said, they're just kind of scratch tracks for people to get a taste of what we're doing. So yeah, definitely making some different choices this time around. It's like, I've heard from people it's kinda of like the stooges mixed with like bikini kill, you know, mm. on the on the like vocals. So Nice. Do do you do any uh warm ups or anything to sort of protect your voice or do you have just one of those natural voices you can just rip any time? Uh <laughs> I can rip any time. That's cool. I just um I I've watched some videos from a, um, a female vocal coach that uh, she does like a lot of uh, metal stuff 
she teaches you how to scream properly. And so I've watched that kind of stuff and just kind of learned how to, you know, not scream from my throat, but scream from, like, my diaphragm, Mm. you know. And so I do that. But also, like I said, a lot of it is, like, whatever kind of comes out in the moment. So I push, but I don't push myself too hard. Now, when I first started in the last band, General Anxiety, ugh, like the first few practices and probably the first two shows, I was hoarse or had no voice for, like, two days afterwards. Wow. But I had to kind of learn, you know, I mean, there is no future in this for me if I don't learn how to control my instrument a little bit better sure sure and I, I think you know a lot of us too when when we start a new project and we're you know it's something that we haven't done for a little bit or or we're stretching to new levels um you know like as a drummer i've definitely played until i've been bleeding from my hands and regretted <laughs> it the next day you know so it's, uh, it's like that movie with like that movie Whiplash. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's just yeah, just going all the way until you're sticking your hands in like ice cold water just to stop the. Pool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now you, uh, and I, I have to say, I love the name of the, of your new band because it's Barb Bitchwit, which is a great play on words. What was the uh, <laughs> the you. idea behind that? Well, you know, the last band that I had. It started off as Kill Fallens because, like, Phil Collins is, like, something that I grew up listening to a lot as a child, and it's cheesy, but, uh, I mean, the pop goodness from that is definitely catchy. And with that band, you know, I started writing lyrics, and I would hear, you know, different sounds that I would kind of want to mesh together. Like, you know, I'd hear, in a song when I was writing, I'd hear, like, Know, the Runaways, Cherry Bomb, but then I hear, like, My Boyfriend's Back, you know, from, like, the 1950s. So I like mixing genres, and I kind of thought of, you know, Kill Fallen's, but then when I went out there and we were posting songs, just, like, scratch, you know, tracks or whatever, uh, there was another band with that name. So I was like, okay, I have to come up with a new name, and I came up with General Anxiety, because when I was young, I was told by a therapist that I had generalized anxiety disorder, and I was like, what the hell is that? And I looked it up, and it was like, basically everyday life stresses you the fuck out. And I was like, who doesn't have that? And when we would play shows, people would say, oh my God, I have general general anxiety. And you know, exactly what I, you know, thought. So with this new band, I was just kind of like, what is something that's kind of having to do a little bit with like mental illness or, you know, dealing with stress or disease of the mind. And uh, my parents, when they first got together in the 70s, the late 70s, they bonded over barbiturates. So I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah, I think it's a really cool play on words. And uh, when I first saw it, I just smiled because I thought that's pretty intelligent. Um, now you've done a lot of your writing on your own, but you're, you're doing some writing still on your own, but you're also working with someone else now? Yeah, there's somebody in my band, um, I'm not going to name names, just Mm -hmm. respect, but, um, yeah, it's been really refreshing to collaborate with someone, uh, you know, we kind of have, he has a formula that he's kind of created to write a song and we uh, once the like, structure set, then the words kind of come to us after that. And we wrote a new song last night in about an hour and a half, just like 
using the formula, going through it, and then the words kind of came to us. And, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's it's nice when you can find somebody that you can, uh, I don't know, like you can, it's not just a friendship. It's it's so much deeper than a friendship. It's it's more than family, even when you can create with someone. So I am very grateful to this person for opening themselves up to me and letting me just like be me and be open with them in the moment and create with them. And you know, I have a lot of respect. Yeah, it's 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 such a personal thing. I mean, even if you're writing stories that aren't necessarily relating to yourself, any kind of creativity is a is a personal thing. And lyrics, obviously, even so much more than the music, are such a representation of your thoughts and feelings. That to find someone that you can intertwine with is that's pretty amazing. Definitely, and you know, one thing I love about this person is um, this other person knew, you know, my old band and knew the songs were a little bit more self-deprecating, like I was mentioning. And this person was like, look, we're not doing that. We're going to make a statement and, like, lift people up. And I love that. Because even though I beat myself up a lot and I put myself down a lot, I mean, I wouldn't still be here if there wasn't a part of me that didn't have a fighting spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think we all do. And I think it's important for people to remember that. And I hope... But if somebody's having a bad day or going through something, if they hear a song or they come to a show, that they take something away from it that gives them, like, a reason to continue. Because, you know, I've seen too many people recently, you know, young people, older people, what have you, uh, you know, just lives or whatever, you know, and that's, I like, that. that's, I can't... <laughs> I mean, I've been there, I can imagine, but I, I just, there's something in me that doesn't ever quit. And if I have that kind of resi resilience, I'd like to help, you know, mm -hmm. pass that on in any way that I can, even if it's through a song, you know, that was created in the moment where I was feeling strong myself. So, mm -hmm. and I feel strong a lot of times, like I said, because of the person that I collaborate with, because right. I may be having a horrible day, but. I mean, once we've created something that, you know, is positive like that, I just, I walk away feeling like I've really done something to help others. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even listening back to the song myself, I find strength in it. Like, oh, okay, I'm not going to stand in my way. I mean, we have a new song, but, you know, something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Something like, instead of being like, you're hurting me, I'm trying to get away from it, it's more like, you know what? I made these choices and I'm just going to do better next time. And it's okay to make, you know, mistakes, but I'm, I'm going to make different ones and I'm going to do better. And I can. I think anything that we do that, uh, you know, that we put out there that does something with the intent of making the world a better place is a great thing. And sometimes it may seem like a little thing or sometimes it may seem like a big thing, but anything that, that uplifts somebody is worth doing. When I go out every single day, if I'm having a bad day, I'll, you know, I ride my bike everywhere. I don't have a car, for instance. I mean, mm -hmm. that may seem like a drag to a lot of people, but every time I'm riding my bike and I pass by somebody on the street, if they're homeless, if they're riding their bike, if they're driving a car and I notice them, I smile at them. Because if you give somebody a smile, that might make 
their entire day, it might give them a reason to continue. I mean, you just never know. You yeah. just don't know what an impact of a small gesture will really do for somebody. Absolutely. I, I like to think that if I can make at least one person smile every day, then no matter what else has happened, at least something good has happened that day. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that you do it through music, too, because it's something that people can listen to over and over and over again. And whenever they need it, whenever they're feeling a little bit low, they can just put on that music and just snap right back to where they want to be. Hell yeah, that's exactly what I do. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I have so many go-to bands, go-to songs, you know, that I'll just be like, this is a horrible day, I'm going to, you know, pop this in, listen to it, and I know it's going to at least, like, in that moment, give me, like, some sort of, like, reason to continue. Exactly. Good for you. What, Thank you. Uh, now, I, I've, I've heard the song that you guys released, uh, I Know Your Pillow, and I love the recording mm-hmm. of the song because it's very raw. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't have that studio polish sound, which seems almost exactly. wrong for your style of music anyway. Um, Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Was that for- something that was an intent when you went in to record it, that you kind of wanted it to, to sound rough and raw? No, I mean, to be totally honest with you, is just kind of like all of the recordings that we have of any of our songs are all mostly just for us to like document the moment, the sound, you know, for our own like practicing purposes. But the recording of it sounded good enough to me that I was like, hey, fuck it, let's just put it out there because... You know, we need to at least have a few songs for people to hear what our sound is so that when they come to the show, you never know. I mean, when General Anxiety played our second show, we already had people at the show repeating our words. Mm -hmm. And that was because we had recordings. So that's kind of what I was looking to do here. I mean, I love punk. It's, you know, something that's always... It's something that I've always gone to my entire life, you know, since I was a teenager. Um, you know, I go back to it all the time just because of the, the spirit of, of being in the punk scene, not really, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm punk. It's just like the dude is. Punk is an attitude. And I just, I just appreciate, like, being able to re-listen to some of those songs and, you know, just, like, take something away from it every time. Mm-hmm. That and that's such a huge feeling to be on stage and having the crowd sing your lyrics with you. I mean, that's such a huge compliment to an artist because it shows that they gave you a chance, they loved what you did, and they've loved it over and over enough to memorize it. Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming, honestly. I mean, I think that most people that want to be in the entertainment industry or you know, whatever, like a singer, or performer they think that they want attention like that, but then once they have it, it's a little bit like uh, you're taken aback or it's a little, it's almost like a little overwhelming because you're just like, why me? But I get why people do. It's because it's just the formula is right. You know, like the music is catchy enough, the words are engaging and repeatable and memorizable, you know, Mm -hmm. and when I saw people do that with general anxiety, I realized like, okay, we, we got something, we got something here, you know? And with this band, I really believe it's the same kind of feeling, but even better because it's not, 
words about like, oh, I know I fucked up when I look in the mirror. I don't like what I see. It's more like, hey, you know, I do this and that's okay that I do it. I'm not hurting anybody, but I'm just having a good time or whatever the situation is in the song. It's not anything that's like, you know, I fucked up, Mm -hmm. self-loathing, you know, I'm a loser. I made mistakes. It's just like, hey, I made mistakes, but I'm still living. I'm still a valid human, Uh, you know? Like, I, I, I need to just, like keep going because I still have life to live kind of thing. So Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so awesome. I really love anybody that's putting out a positive message, but especially through a, a medium that you wouldn't expect it from because most, you know, you don't think about positive punk. You think punk is being aggressive and letting out that angst and everything else. So I think that it's something very unique and, and really cool that you've created. Yeah, I mean, I love bikini kill but i mean even a lot of their songs are just like you know talking about how you know bad things like sexual assault and things like that happen and i think i'd like to write about that stuff but i don't want to put it in such a point where it's like i'm a victim because i think Mm -hmm. if you put out a message like that even though it is true to have to like perform that over and over first of all really affects your mind right and putting that message out there to people subliminally is just kind of bringing somebody maybe down a little bit more when you could put it in a way that like, I went through this, but like I can rise above it kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Very much. Uh, At least for me. I mean, just like singing my own songs over and over again, I I definitely got to a point where I was just like, I don't entirely relate to this anymore because I've grown past it kind of thing. So I think, Maybe if you just kind of start off from a point where you're like, you know, exactly that. Like, yeah, I've been through shit. You've been through shit, too. But you know what? We're still here. We made it. Life's shitty, but, like, we're still doing the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just putting it in a way that it's like, you know, not that I'm a loser, but, like, look, we're all losers in some way, but, like, we're all stick it in there mm-hmm. and whatever choice you make, like, you know, own it basically. And don't, you know, be ashamed of, don't be ashamed of things that have happened to you or, you know, don't feel like you need to hide or don't feel like you need to run away, but just like accept life as it is and move on or move forward or, you know, like mm-hmm. be positive about the moves you have to make. Right. Well, I think that there's a difference between music being timeless, which in a way, everything that that we create is timeless to an extent, but also being relevant, especially to our own lives, because we do grow and we do move past things and we, you know, we do experience things. And as we get older, something that had meaning to us yesterday may not have as much meaning to us today. Exactly. But if you write something that's not self-deprecating, I feel like it's going to be even more timeless. Because oh, yeah. if you write something about self-loathing, like I said, like if you're past that point, then the song's not going to sound the same to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you have grown and you hear a song, you're just going to go back and re-listen to that song because it's going to give you like that same like feeling that you had when you first heard it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, one thing that I think is is interesting is that 
in whatever way you've done it, you found a way to get through and reach people and give them a reason to give you a chance to listen to you. And that seems to be something that's really tough for artists these days is that, you know, we're so much flooded with, with so much noise that to be able to cut through and, and not just be another band that's posting, for, but for somebody to actually sit down and listen to you and go, wow, I really like them. I want to hear this again to the point that they do memorize the music. That's a pretty tall order these days. Yeah, it is definitely blows my mind overwhelming. I can't believe it. I, I mean, I don't really know why people in some ways like respect me as much as they do because I'm just a fucking flawed human like anybody else. But um, yeah, anytime I ever go to a show these days, and people recognize me from my old band, General Anxiety, and they say, like, you have an amazing voice, I love your songs. Uh, I mean, it's like a reason to keep going, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, if I touched one person and made a difference, then I accomplished something. And the fact that I have people all the time coming up to me and saying things, just like, all right, you know? And now, I mean, the best thing about my last band was my bass player because he and I, you know, basically wrote all the songs that we had from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't continue that band because that band really was my bass player. I mean, he wrote the songs and the drummer and the guitar player that we inevitably had at the end when we stopped playing, which was like our strongest lineup yet. They were there because... I know they were there because of me, mm-hmm. in large part, but they were definitely there because they respected this person as a musician, as a writer, you know, as an artist. But in this new band, I've got a few people from other bands that I really respect that are playing with me, and that really does speak a lot to... I guess what my last band did, that they even want to play with me at all. It's just like, okay, they respected me to some degree in my last project, and they want to up the ante a little bit. And I'm glad that they all are cool with working within, like, more of a realm. And I hope that it helps them, too, because you have a lot of problems. I mean, you know how it is. If you're an artist, you're usually pretty, you know, going through a lot of dark shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, I'm not, I'm not saying that just because I'm writing songs that are a little bit more, you know, uplifting and, um, owning your shit and not being afraid, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I don't have many, many, many moments in my life where I feel defeated and that I should just like, quit and walk away and I'm not worthy. I do, but I the fact that I can maybe help one other person is the reason why I do it because I really do feel like if you help other people, it really does help you. I absolutely agree with that. And and it's obviously working um because you wouldn't you wouldn't be getting those reactions from your fans. You wouldn't be getting those musicians wanting to work with you if it wasn't for that. Because I think we all kind of realize that life is too short to be, you know, doing things with people we don't want to do them with. And I think that, you know, you're drawing that interest in people is definitely a testament to you reaching that goal. So I'm really, really excited Thank for you. you. That's awesome. Yay. 
Now, you you do a lot of social media work, and um, how do you now? I want to get into your to your acting side a little bit too. Okay. But how do you find a balance between promoting the band and promoting yourself as an individual artist? You know, to be honest with you, in the past year, I've really focused a lot more on, like, music stuff. Um, I spent a good eight years working in the independent film community out here in Arizona. Um, I got into the community in 2010 when the film commission was closed down, and I didn't know of that. But, you know, when I was four years old, I saw Gone with the Wind, and I saw, you know... Scarlett O'Hara, you know, or Vivian Lee, the actress, as it were, and I was like, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be an actor. I didn't even know what that meant to be an actor or an actress, but I knew that that, like, resonated with me as a person, Mm -hmm. and I've been doing that for a long time, but, you know, thank goodness I found music, specifically the punk, you know, scene, um, because... It really is, uh, you know, performing on stage is something that I never got a chance to do. I never really did, like, theater or anything like that. I went straight into doing, like, you know, film or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, as it were, you know, not not theater. So um, the film thing's really important to me, but I haven't been doing it as much. I do have a project coming up called Space Munchies, which is a, a short film, but it's a sci-fi comedy, and... Um, the director put out a movie called Blurred Vision. I think they submitted to like a hundred film festivals and they won like over half of them. Wow. So they looked at their competition and their competition included uh, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, we do a comedy sci-fi. So I play the lead in this, you know, but, and I'm excited about it. But I haven't been really putting as much focus in the past year into acting projects. Um, I, I mean, in some ways, I feel like I should say fuck it all and do it because, I mean, stranger things will say do extra work for them, which sounds like small time, but I mean, really, you know, this business is like networking, as we probably all know. So oh, yeah. just getting on a set is just giving you a chance to get another job. And at the end of the day, I mean... I probably belong on stage doing theater work, but I mean, I started off as an actor doing, you know, films. So that's really where my heart lies. Every time I get a chance to be back on set, it's just like the dynamics of being on set, the way that everybody has like their role to play, and everybody cares just as much as everybody else. And we all work as a you know a cohesive team and uh, just. You know, you, you build such a family in, in such a small amount of time. I, I do, I mean, I gel right in with that because I don't really have much family. And in some ways, it's kind of depressing for me to do it because I do, I, I get pretty down in the dumps after I rap anything. I don't care if it's like a one-day shoot. Mm -hmm. In that one day, I form strong bonds with people. I open up to people in certain ways. And then at the end of it, it's like, oh, oh, my family's going away, you know? So it's just, it's really hard for me. I've learned, as I've done it for so many years now, that it's a little bit too emotionally taxing at times, especially if you're playing a part where you have to, like, you know, do something really devastating or, you know, really dark, you know, it's, 
it, it, that's a toll on you to begin with. And then just like, like I said, like with some of my abandonment issues in my life, just, you know, creating a family with these people where you're open with them and you're letting them see those devastating dark sides of you and then you have to walk away. It's really hard. I, I've done projects where I've played, you know, like a serious drug addict, you know, that was like physically abused by their partner in the project. And then for, I mean, probably a good six months afterwards, I was still kind of in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Whereas with music, you kind of like, you get that one shot, you get that show, you put it all into that show. And then at the end of it, you know, hyper, man, I get quiet. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I said everything I have to say tonight. Right. I'm good. Well, plus I think with with music, you know, when the show's over, you still have the band. And when you when you're working on a film or a series or uh, you know, a play, you get really close to these people and then you're not working together anymore. And True that. you get you True get that. a bond because you work under such intense circumstances and you work really hard together. Those relationships right. grow really fast and then they're just gone. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. I, I I think about people that do shows that run you know six seven seasons, and I'm like, how do you end it? Mm-mm. No, that's a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather these short little projects where it's only a few days because, like like you said, I mean, you don't you have enough time to form a bond, but I mean, oh, you know everything about a person if you work for them for that long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wow. I mean. They know everything in your life, but also they've seen your vulnerability on camera and off. So they know pretty much everything about you. I mean, at that point, if you make a face or you do something or you get quiet or whatever, they, they know your quirks. So it's like, it really is like family. You know, I mean, my family, when I work on a set. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Now, I, I've always loved about you that you are very dedicated to what you do. You put a lot of yourself into everything. And that's why I'm I'm wondering if maybe that isn't part of the reason that, that your fans do connect with you as a musician, because you're not writing things that are geared up to be played on radio, or you're not using formulas of this is how you write a hit song. You're being very natural and raw. And one of the things that I can't remember if it was around the first time we met or not, but one of the things that really impressed me was when you shaved your head. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what led up to that decision and how that all came about? Sure. I had worked with this director, um, Thomas Michael Smith, um, on a project, and it was supposed to be a, a spec video for A Place to Bury Strangers. They're from New York. They're pretty, you know, somewhat well-known band and they ended up not taking the video so it's like a spec video now um but it was like all done in antique sugar like their old location in phoenix and i got to play uh like a 1920s theme black and white um just a lot of dancing like a flapper girl and she's being chased by a flapper guy i guess Mm -hmm. And after I worked with that director, he contacted me, I think a year later, and he said that there was a local artist, um, El Sonida de Raposa at the time, which is Gerald uh, Schoener. Um, 
that he wanted to do a music video set in the desert where this girl plays a game and she loses. And the consequences, she has her head shaved into a mohawk. And I was going through a lot of personal things at that time. And I was already in my mind considering, like, what if I shaved my head? Because I was born with auburn hair. And as a young child, I mean, I would have, like, grannies come up to me in the grocery store when I would be with my mother and, like, stop and, like, braid my hair because it was down to my butt. And, like, it was so beautiful. And the color was, like, really rare, I guess. And you know what I mean? Like, my hair was my identity. Right. And so it was one of those things that I was like, you know, my hair is already short. I've dyed it black. Um, you know, I've mutilated myself to this point. Like, I'm going through shit. I feel like I want to start fresh. I want to shave my head. So when he contacted me at that time, and he was like, let's do this music video. I want you in the next one again. You know, I enjoyed working with you. Let's shave it to a mohawk. I was like, dude, if you're going to shave my head, shave me bald. So I was just like, you know, go ahead and just get rid of all the hair. Meet fate, and fate says that I lose, and I lose my hair. And in the music video, they shaved my head bald. And it was really hard to do because I had to get really emotional. I had to cry. You know, I had to, like, let go. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of ways, I wasn't even feeling, like, fear or anything because I was ready to shave my head. So I had to really, like, put on emotion. And also, the only clippers that we could get that day were dog clippers, and they kept dying. So every few minutes that they were shaving my head the razor would die. Mm. They would have to plug it in for a few minutes and give it some charge and then go right back to that moment of heavy emotion. (laughs) Wow. That must've been incredibly difficult. Oh, it was, it's to this day, one of my strongest pieces because of all of those different elements. I mean, you can watch the video. You'll never know any of that stuff, but Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is I say it's one take because, you know, it was kind of one continuous take. The only thing that stopped us from making it like like continuing is the fact that our razor died. Right. Yeah. But I had to go from sobbing to stopping for a few minutes to charge a razor to going back into full on sobbing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be one of the toughest things that you can deal with as an actor. And you know, it's it's not like you could do it again because they can't just redress the set and you do another take. Like that's your head. You, you're shaved. That's it. Exactly. So all I kept thinking when I was doing it was just like, I was just thinking about losing my hair as if it were a family member, a person, somebody close to me, which it was. Like I said, Mm -hmm. my hair was my identity. And I remember after we did the music video, I drove the director who lived in L.A. at the time, he still does, um, back to the train station. And I was bald. I was sunburned. I'm four foot eleven, so I look like I look like a pinky, like a little baby rat that is only a few days old. I was like like red, mm. super red, sure. bald, no hair, um, dejected. You know, just I didn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that's when I started getting into modeling, is because I was just like. I don't know this person. I need to become comfortable with her. And that's when I started doing that.
Yeah, but see, that's what I mean. That's what I love about you is because most people would get a wig or hide or, you know, stay home as long as possible. And, uh, but you embraced it and you just went into it and you said, well, this is who I am now. And you rode the wave. Shit. I love my father dearly. He passed away two years ago, but I remember when I shaved my head and I sold insurance at the time with my dad. He had his own, his own company. I went in and I was bald and he was like, you know, making fun of me about it. But I remember when the music video came out and I just had like peach fuzz on my head and I wanted to show him the video and he was the only one I wanted to show first, you know, and I brought it into him and started to show him and he was so, you could tell he was so like emotional over what I went through Mm -hmm. that he was like, get the hell out of my office. So that's when I knew that like the stuff that I did kind of made an impact mm-hmm. even as much as making an impact with my own family where my father was like afraid of it and I have a friend recently that watched that video so upsetting I think that it's it's just something that not a lot of people could do and uh, you embraced it you went through it you grew your hair back but I thought you wore it well you know not, not a lot of women Thank you. Um, can can carry that with confidence. And I thought that you did great. And, you know, I've seen things that you had done since that. And I think it was something that was really beneficial to you to show how strong you really are. That's exactly why I did it. I did it because I was ready to shave my head, but I also did it because I was like, I care about making art much that I will like shed my fucking personality, my image, my hair, you know what I mean? Like my yeah. identity f- for this craft. Well, I don't think, too, that, that people really realize how much of those things that, that we just are every day, we don't really realize how much those shape us and shape our personality until we do something to alter them. Definitely. Like if you see somebody with long hair and all of a sudden they have a, a short haircut, not even bald, but, you know, you're just like, wow, mm-hmm. like you look great. But I think part of the reason why we think they look great is, like you said, it's just like whoa, you stepped outside of the box. Absolutely. Well, uh, now you said that you guys are playing on the 19th. You guys are playing in Phoenix. Where are you at? Uh, We're playing in Tempe. It's a Palo Verde Lounge. We're playing with, uh, we're headlining uh, Birth of Monsters. And then we're also playing with Asswipe Junkies. And we're playing with Dumpster Hump. Nice. And then you're playing again in December, right? Yes, we have a show in December. I think we have one in November. The details are kind of still being worked out on that one, so I'm not really going to, you know, uh, put that one out there as much. Sure. But we're playing a December 14th show at Time Out Lounge in Tempe. It's my birthday show. Yay. My birthday is the 12th. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Excellent. And uh, all my favorite bands are playing. Um, yeah, we have Dom's playing. We have Audrey Hartburn, Kill Spree. We have Barbiturate, of course, and Birth of Monsters. So five bands. It's going to be great. I'm really excited. In fact, I went to Time Out Lounge this weekend, and there were flyers up for that show. Oh, awesome. At the bar. I know. I was like, okay. When when a bar is so excited for an event that they make flyers and put them out two months beforehand, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I used to love walking down the street and seeing a flyer for a show I was going to play. It just gave me like just this charge. Oh, yeah. You're just like, I'm doing what I need to be doing right now. Right. 
Now, uh, you guys also have a SoundCloud. You're at, at uh, Barb Habituate on SoundCloud.com as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else yeah. is, is there anywhere else that's good for people to keep up with what's going on with you and the band? Just Facebook. Um, Barbituate is like Barb, like B-A-R-B. And then the second one is Bituate because, I mean, I'm bisexual, so mm-hmm. I'm into ladies and and. Very cool. Well, I'll get those links in the show notes for everybody, too. Okay. And then uh, last question before we go. So, you know, you've obviously experienced quite a lot as both an actor and a musician. Uh, You know, a lot of people out there are trying to get into the business. What advice would you give to a younger you uh, to kind of help you along? I've had people send me messages over the years asking me what photographers I work with and to send them a list or, you know, what directors I work with or whatever. I mean, I started in 2010 when there was no film community at that point, really. Mm. And I just started off by paying attention online to projects that people were posting and then sending messages to the director that was tagged or the writer that was tagged or the camera guy that was tagged or an actor and sending those people messages. I'm a local actor. I'm looking to work. Even when I didn't have anything to show for it, I would send messages. So I feel like if you want to do something, if there's a will, there's a way. You will find a way to get yourself out there, whether it's joining, you know, Facebook groups or whatever, like any kind of like filmmaking meetup or going to be in the music scene. You've got to go out there and represent for the other bands out there Mm -hmm. because they're going to come to your shows and they're going to bring their fan base. So I think at the end of the day, supporting each other is really important. And I think just being creative about ways that you can meet people in your art community to collaborate with. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a big proponent of us supporting each other and, and you know, not just from, an, uh, you know, an uplifting each other, being there for each other, uh, you know, emotionally or creatively, but just kind of letting each other know or letting the, you know, letting other people know about each other's things. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast, because, you know, most of the things that you hear are with, uh, you know, the A-list celebrities and things that, you know, you're you're going to want to hear their stories. But what you don't hear is the people that are in different levels at different places. And, you know, it's, it's great to be able to hear what's going on in the trenches and not at the top. Definitely. Cause we all start off in the trenches. <laughs> well, you know, you've always been uh, an inspiration to me because like I said, because Aww. you just, you go for it. You're honest. You're not trying to be something. You just are who you are and you present yourself Thank that way. You. I think that's a big key to Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'll get those links posted in the show notes about where people can find you and where people can hear Barbituate. And I wish you guys great success. I think what you're doing is a, is a really fresh and much needed approach. Thank you so much. I'd love to like give a little shout out to all the people that I'm working with. So I don't know if there's a way that I can like give you their information or whatever, but I definitely like to give them a shout out. Somehow, Absolutely. So. You, you can do it right here. Okay. Um, well, in my band, I have this gentleman who is playing bass. His name is Michael Ion. He's amazing. He's the only person that I ever off of Craigslist. He's very supportive. He's helped write some songs. He's he's a doll. I love him. Uh, we have Jim Ramirez, who is from Dom's, who plays here in the Tempe, Phoenix area. 
Um, he plays bass and doms, but in our band, he plays drums or guitars, just depending on the song. Mm. And then we have Vic Martinez, or fucking Vic. Um, he is in Birth of Monsters, and he's going to primarily play drums in this band. He plays a little bit of guitar. Uh, I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. I've played with them in, you know, they they play in Birth of Monsters. I love that band, but he also played in General Anxiety as a guitar player. Oh, okay. So these are my, these are, they're my boys. They're my family. I love them so much. I, I would be nothing without these people. So that's fantastic, and and I really appreciate yeah. you doing that. And you know, the, yeah. they are. They're you. You don't get anywhere by yourself. You know. No. I'm just a voice, you know, I'm uh, like, I'm literally just a poet. I mean, I look at it that way. And if I didn't have music to set my words to, but at this point, like we were kind of talking about, I mean, I collaborate with these people. So I depend on them for all of it, really, at this point, you know, and I hope they depend on me too, you know, the same that I do with them. So I hope it's like a, a balanced relationship. Oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, it, it, as a musician, I can say that, you know, when you're collaborating with other people, it definitely is. Everybody has their part. Some people might be a little more involved in one part than another part. But at the end of the day, you're all working together for that same common goal. And if everybody's got the same mindset and the same goal, then it works out beautifully. Definitely. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on. I definitely look forward to seeing what happens with the band and hearing the next stuff that you guys create. Uh, for those of you in the Phoenix area, get out to see them in uh, in October on the 19th in Tempe, and then uh, some other upcoming gigs that they've got. Keep uh, an eye out on the website. Check them out on SoundCloud. They're definitely worth listening to, so take some time and do that, and I uh, hope you'll come back and see us again. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. You take care, Chelsea. All right, you have a good night. Thanks, you too. You know, one of the things that I love about Chelsea is that she just says what's on her mind. She doesn't hold back. She doesn't sugarcoat things. She's just like, this is how it is. And has that gratitude for the people that she works with that, you know, things would not be what they are in her life without those people and I absolutely love that so definitely look uh, look out for her band if you're in the Arizona you know greater Phoenix area go check them out at the dates that she has listed check out her SoundCloud all those links are in the show notes thank you for joining us once again remember to subscribe leave a star rating leave a review whatever you can do tell people thank you very much we'll see you next week guys